You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 106. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. that acupuncture is a comprehensive system of medicine that was developed in China over 4,000 years ago. It is the oldest continuously documented medical system still in use today to diagnose, treat, and prevent illness. And we're going to talk all about it today in this week's podcast episode. But first, let's go ahead and get started with our Eagle's Eye on Health. Just a quick tidbit today, talking to you a little bit about sleep and how it may actually improve your exercise performance. Now, you all know if you've listened to my podcast in the past and if you've been a client, I take sleep very seriously. I think it is right up there with your nutrition in terms of your health and and for weight loss as well. Now, if you want to improve your exercise performance, then you might also want to work on your Z's, also known as your sleep, right? If you regularly cut sleep short, you may want to rethink it if you are someone who likes to exercise and likes to feel good when you exercise. So why is sleep so important for exercise? Here's just a couple of reasons why, and maybe it'll help you understand so that you go to bed a little earlier tonight. During the night, we actually cycle through five stages of sleep. The stages include non-rapid eye movement, They sometimes call it N-R-E-M. You've heard of REM sleep. Well, this is the non-rapid eye movement stage. Stages one through four, and then the rapid eye movement, R-E-M, REM sleep stage. So those are the five stages of sleep. Now, in stage three and in stage four, those are the important ones for exercise recovery. Stage three marks the beginning of deep sleep and is when the human growth hormone, you may also see it as HGH, starts to be released. And in stage four, the deepest slow wave sleep, that's when we get help to replenish physical and mental energy. During this stage, the body does most of its repair and regeneration work, thanks primarily to the continual release of that HGH. Now, because HGH, the human growth hormone, because it's released in stages three and four, some fitness and sports performance trainers call sleep the athlete's steroid. HGH helps maintain and repair muscles and cells, and it is the key to improving your athletic performance, according to several different trainers and doctors these days. As a result, you might argue that sleep is one key to fitness and sports performance. However, they definitely say that the reality is, the true key is finding the balance between how much training, how much rest you need, getting your nutrition on track, and also dialing in your sleep. Now, how much sleep do you need, you might be thinking? Well, maybe you think you get a full night's sleep with five or six hours. Uh, probably not. Generally speaking, most adults need seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep per night. 
And that is going to guarantee that you're hitting all five of those stages of sleep. And again, you know now that stage three and four are almost essential for that athletic performance. So that's just a little bit on sleep. And if you have trouble sleeping, sleep is just like not happening for you, go ahead and check out my podcast episode number 90. I did a whole segment on sleep and things that might help you to get a better night's sleep. Now, we're going to talk about acupuncture. I actually love this subject because in case you didn't know it, I am actually an acupuncturist. By training, I went to school, I went to graduate school for Eastern medicine, and I learned the practice of acupuncture. And I trained for many, many years, four years in graduate school. I was pre-med in college, and then I went to graduate school four years for Eastern medicine. And I did practice acupuncture for many years when my son was just born and even before that. And it, it is a medicine that I absolutely love. And like I said when we started the podcast episode, acupuncture has been around for 4,000 years, and it is still going. So in my opinion, that's enough to know that there's something about it that obviously works. And just a little tidbit about me, I did get into medical school and I wanted to go to medical school all through high school. It was just, I absolutely wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be an OBGYN mostly. And I worked so hard in high school and through college, I was pre-med and I wanted to be a Western medical doctor. But I didn't think I was going to get into medical school because it was so competitive back then, and I'm sure it's just as competitive today. And so I started looking into other things that might interest me because I think it's really important to always have a plan B in case I wasn't going to get into medical school. Well, I happened to come across acupuncture. My sister actually had brought it to my attention because she had recently had a treatment, had a lot of success with it, and I started looking into it, and I started reading and getting more and more excited about this medicine. Because for one, I'm much more holistic in all I do, and even back then, I was much more holistic than than Western medicine, which is a lot of medications, pharmacology, you know, all that kind of stuff was not my gig. So when I started reading about Chinese medicine and how they treat each person differently, they look at the body as a whole. They don't just treat a symptom like everybody doesn't get the same treatment for stomach aches. Each stomach ache has a lot of different facets to it. So in in Eastern medicine, they would look at all these different things. Well, before you know it, I was completely mesmerized by Chinese medicine. And I knew that I would prefer to go that route. And so I, I think like a week later, maybe, I got the phone call that I had been waiting for pretty much my whole life. It actually was a phone call from the medical school because I had been on a wait list to get in. I did not get in on the regular, you know, admissions, so they had me on a wait list. And basically, whenever someone said no to them, I moved up on this list. And I had been waiting for this call all summer. I had been waiting for this call. And then I got the call, and I really couldn't even believe it myself as I was saying the words. But I said, no, thank you. Because I had changed my mind. I decided I wanted to go to graduate school for Eastern medicine. And there was a four-year program. So it wasn't like some six-month massage therapy program. You know, not that there's anything wrong with massage therapy. I'm just saying it was really important to me that it was a full graduate school program. And it was. And so that was the day that I really changed over into Eastern medicine. And I'm so glad that I did. 
and I I can talk about later how I've gotten to where I am with nutrition and fitness. Actually, you could go to episode one of the podcast and I probably say it all in there. But anyway, acupuncture, it's amazing. And I got to treat people. Uh, I went to school in San Diego and in San Francisco, two different graduate schools. And I got to treat people with all different kinds of ailments. And I saw absolutely amazing results for so many things. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Like what kind of things is acupuncture good for? What is it not good for? What is it actually doing? Does it hurt? All that good stuff we're going to talk about today. And the reason actually that I decided to do this episode today is because last week I got an acupuncture treatment for the first time in probably 15 years. I had not had acupuncture in so long, definitely not since I had moved to Austin, but even before that, my life had been changing when I went through a divorce long ago. I needed to get a job that brought in a lot more money than I was bringing in at that time, and so I just sort of left that world. But last week I got acupuncture by a fantastic uh, practitioner, Dana Stanley Torres. She is here in Austin if you need someone to go to. She's fabulous. And it was such a wonderful treatment and such a reminder to me how much I love the medicine. So let's talk a little bit first. Like what is acupuncture? And I'm going to just sort of read you the definition that they give in Mayo Clinic because I want to make sure you understand what it is from a technical sense. They say that acupuncture involves the insertion of very thin needles through your skin at strategic points on your body. And a very key component of traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture is most commonly used to treat pain. However, as I said, it's used to treat a lot of other things that we're going to talk about today. Increasingly, it's been used for overall wellness, including stress management. Now, what exactly is it? What is the acupuncture? As a technique, it is something that balances the flow of energy, what they call or what we call in the medicine, chi. So you've probably seen the word chi spelled C-H-I or Q-I. That's pronounced chi. And it's the energy in your body. And so when we're using the needles in these different points, which all fall along different pathways, what we call meridians. And and maybe you've seen those pictures of bodies with all the lines going through them for uh, Chinese medicine. Well, basically we're, we're putting a needle into a point on that meridian to balance the chi and energy in the area. And trust me, I know, because I came from a very scientific college background. So to me, I'm like, energy? Come on, flow of energy, balancing a meridian. It all sounded kind of crazy to me. But again, you have to remember, this has been around for 4,000 years and it's still going. There's probably something to it. And when I saw the results that my patients were getting, that I got from past treatments, I was definitely sold and knew that acupuncture truly works. And it does have its place in medicine today. Now, a lot of Western practitioners, they view the acupuncture points as places to stimulate nerves, muscles, and connective tissue, and they believe that the stimulation boosts your body's natural painkillers. That's definitely not the way that I would say we see it from an Eastern perspective, but that's the way the Western doctors see it today. Now, what does it treat? It really treats everything, but some things it treats better than others. So when someone says to me, oh, I've had acupuncture, it doesn't work at all. 
Let me tell you what they usually <laughs> went in for. Almost always I say, well, what did, you, what did you get acupuncture for? Almost always they tell me to stop smoking or to lose weight. Well, I'm here to tell you that acupuncture is not really good to stop smoking or to lose weight. Those are two other issues. Those two issues have a whole lot of things you need to do to get rid of that habit, all right? I wouldn't call that an illness or a disease. Those are certain habits, things that need to change. So no, I wouldn't go to acupuncture for those two things. But what is it really good for? Probably the number one thing is pain. So any kind of back pain, shoulder pain, I used to treat a lot of sports injuries. When I uh, practiced in San Diego, I worked with one of the soccer teams there and I treated a lot of sprained ankles, I'll tell you that. So it's really great for pain. It's great for headaches. It's fantastic for gynecological problems, so female issues. It is fantastic for stomach issues. Any kind of intestinal things, it's very good for. It's good for respiratory problems. Um, It also does a lot of wonderful things for the symptoms of treatments like chemo. So it does not cure cancer by any means. We really never say that acupuncture cures anything, but for the symptoms of certain procedures like chemo, it can be very, very helpful. So that's some of the stuff it really treats great. Again, menstrual issues, it really does amazing things. Stomach issues, ulcers, things like that, it's fantastic. And then pain in the body is one of the best things that it's good for. Now, do you have to believe in it? That's a funny story that I have. I knew a a girl, a woman I should say, and she went to get acupuncture for her first time because she was having stomach ulcers. She sort of had a history of some stomach issues as a teenager and she had these stomach ulcers so she said she was going to try acupuncture. One of the things that she asked the acupuncturist was, do I have to believe in this for it to work? And the acupuncturist, the practitioner said, no, this medicine just works. You know, it's going to work. You don't have to believe in it. And so my friend laid down, got her acupuncture treatment. And I really, I don't even know if she needed more than one or two treatments. And I don't think she ever had an ulcer again. That's how good the medicine can be. Amazing. Okay. So no, you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Now, who should not get it? Are there any risks or people who should not get it? If you have any bleeding disorders, it's definitely not ideal. If you have a pacemaker, you need to be careful because sometimes they attach electric stim units to the needles, so that would not be something you wanna do. So if you had a pacemaker, I probably wouldn't get it at all and I would always make sure your doctor knows or your practitioner knows if you have a pacemaker. If you're pregnant, I personally always felt it was not worth the risk of having a miscarriage, gosh forbid. Um, So I would not treat pregnant women. And it's kind of a bummer because sometimes they have some really important symptoms like nausea, they don't feel good and they really want acupuncture. But the problem is there's a lot of points that we would use, actually some of them for nausea, that can stimulate labor. So the only time I ever used acupuncture on a pregnant woman is if she was trying to have a baby. Like basically, if she was past her due date, then at that point, I would go ahead and do acupuncture, hoping that we could stimulate her labor because that was definitely something that it could do. So if you're pregnant and you're not ready to have that baby, I would not get acupuncture. I just don't think it's worth any risks like that at all. 
Now, is there anything you need to do before a treatment? Do you have to sort of prepare your body? Is there anything you have to eat in particular? No, there's really nothing you need to do, but I wouldn't go in with a full stomach of food. You know, I would probably eat an hour and a half before a treatment, not right before a treatment, because you're gonna be laying down and you really want the body to be calm and not focused on digesting a cheeseburger and fries, right? So that would be really the only thing I would say, just be well rested. I wouldn't like come in from a, a crazy run and go right into an acupuncture appointment. You know, give your body maybe an hour or two without food, without workout, to just sort of chill before you have your treatment. Now, what happens in a treatment? Well, the first time you go in, the practitioner is generally going to ask you 10 questions. We call them the sort of the famous 10 traditional Chinese medicine questions. So that's everything from, do you feel hot? Do you feel cold? How are your bowel movements? How's your innation? For women, we talk about menstruation a lot because the menstrual cycle tells us a lot about your health. Your bowel movements also tell us a lot about your health. So we talk about things like that. We ask you if you have pain, how is your sleep, on and on. So there's 10 main questions that a practitioner is gonna go over with you. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to assess what's going on in your body. So yes, you might be coming in for one particular thing. For example, you might say, I have a stomach ache. I always have diarrhea in the morning, something like that. I have a stomach condition, and that's maybe your main focus, but they're going to go through these 10 questions because they want to know what is going on in the body that might be causing your stomach irritation. Because two people can have the same symptom of stomach pain and diarrhea, but have completely different reasons why they're having it. And that's a really big difference between Western and Eastern medicine, because in Western medicine, they tend to give the same medication and treatment to everybody who has a stomach ache and diarrhea. Generally, again, there's definitely some differences. I'm not saying that always, but in general, they'll start with something that's the same for everyone. And in Eastern medicine, it's completely different because if you're someone who always feels hot and you have this stomach ache, well, that tells us something. If you're someone who always is freezing and your feet are always freezing and you have a stomach ache, that tells us something different and we're actually gonna treat that differently. So always looking at the body as a whole, always looking at an individual, as an individual. Now, they're also going to look at your tongue. That may seem really weird. Yes, they're going to look at your tongue. Do you have the kind of tongue that is like super puffy and it has teeth marks on it? Do you have a, a super pointy tongue with a red tip on it? Do you have lots of red dots on your tongue? Do you have a yellow coating on your tongue? Do you have a white coating on your tongue? All of those things tell us something different about your body and every tongue is different. Start looking at everyone's tongue in your family and you might start to notice there's a lot of differences. Another thing that should be happening in your acupuncture appointment is the tongue and also they're gonna take your pulse. Now when they take your pulse, they're not just checking to see how many beats per minute. That's not, they're going to check that part, but they're also checking the quality of your pulse. So some pulses feel really big and bounding. Uh, like a guitar string hitting your finger. Some feel what they call more slippery. They call that like beads under your finger, sort of more sluggish feeling. The pulse can tell us a lot about your body as well. And everybody, everybody's pulse feels a little bit different. And we spend four years figuring out what these different pulses feel like, right? So that's why it kind of kills me just 
segue here, when a doctor goes to a weekend class so that they can do some acupuncture, it kills me because they should not be doing acupuncture because you cannot learn Chinese medicine in a weekend because it takes literally three to four years to touch a thousand zillion pulses, to look at hundreds of different tongues, things that tell us about the body. So yes, they're going to take your pulse. It tells them a lot. Also, then they're going to lay you down and hopefully your practitioner talks to you about what's going to happen. You might get some needles on your front side. You might get some needles on your back side. Sometimes you can keep all your clothes on and they'll just sort of pull your pants up. Sometimes they will have you get into a gown, depending on what your problem is and where the points are that they need to hit. You may also get something called cupping. Now, everybody knows about cupping now because Michael Phelps had cupping done, <laughs> I guess what, during the Olympics, and you could see all the cupping marks on his back. Well, guess what? That's not really the way that cupping is done, but we live in America and now everybody in the world is doing cupping because they want to be like Michael Phelps. Well, that's not quite the traditional way that it's done in Chinese medicine. In my opinion, that became very Americanized. Um, generally, you don't see cupping like that all over the back. We do lots of different things with cupping and cupping is amazing. Lots of different functions for it. Sometimes we actually place one cup on your back and we put, um, we put something sort of slippery on the back like a Vaseline and then we rub the cup up and back onto, uh, on your back. And it's a, they say it kind of like pulls the toxins out of your back. So that can be good for pain, like I'm assuming what Michael Phelps had it for. It also can be good if you're just getting a cold. They say it helps pull the toxins out of the body and they rub it up and down the back. And it is kind of uncomfortable. Like you feel this really deep suction of the cup on your back. And, and that's what it's doing. It's really creating a very deep suction to pull those toxins out of the body. Um, so they might do something like cupping. If you do get cupping, you should know that it does often leave a bruise. That's what you saw in Michael Phelps' back. It's bruising, basically. And so if you have some kind of fabulous photo shoot, <laughs> you might want to let your acupuncturist know that you don't want cupping that day on your stomach or on your back or wherever they might be doing it because it might cause bruising. Sometimes they even do electric stimulation on the needles where they actually hook up an electric stimulant to the needles and you feel sort of a vibration when they do that. And so that's used a lot for pain. I used to use it a lot for sports injuries. And often they'll even lay a hot pack on your body or use some kind of heating lamp as well. There's also something called moxa. It is not marijuana, I promise, <laughs> but it looks like a big cigar. And of course, in this day and age, they probably have a different way they dispense it, I'm not sure. But the old traditional way was it looked like a big cigar. They would light it like a cigar and they would use it to heat the points up so they wouldn't touch your skin with it because that would burn you. But they would go over a needle or over a point just so that you could feel the warmth of it and it's made with different herbs so it definitely has a strong smell and so it heats the points up and i'm not really sure how many acupuncturists still use moxa but it was definitely very effective so those are the kind of things that might happen within your treatment and then what everybody always asks me was what does it feel like to get an acupuncture needle like does it hurt people are terrified of needles so they're like why would i go for acupuncture i hate getting shots well, FYI, these needles are as fine as a hair. If they felt like a shot, nobody would ever get acupuncture, right? 
A really good practitioner can insert a needle and you would barely feel it at all. Again, these, these are as fine as a hair. So they give you a little tap, you'll feel a little tap, and that's it for the insertion. But then they will stimulate the needle just a little bit, sort of up and down, rotate the needle, because what they want is for you to get a sensation of the energy of the chi, and that often feels sort of like an achiness around the needle. So all of a sudden you might be like, ooh, I feel that. Um, it shouldn't be super sharp and zingy, like that's usually when they do hit a nerve. If it zings from one side of your body to another, that's that's usually hitting a nerve and you don't wanna hit a nerve. Am I gonna say it never happens? It doesn't happen a lot if you're a good practitioner, but it does happen and it's not gonna hurt you. Hopefully they don't damage your nerve, but what you're really looking for is more of that aching feeling. Some people say it feels warm or they just feel a sensation, but again, it really shouldn't be pain. Now, how often do you need to go? Do you need to go to acupuncture every day? Do you need to go three times a week for the rest of your life? No. One thing I really loved about this medicine is that the goal of Chinese medicine is that we treat you so that your body can do it on its own. So again, so say you had stomach ache. Well, that stomach ache is caused by something, right? We don't wanna just treat the symptom. We wanna treat the cause. And once we treat the cause, we hope that your body can take care of it on its own at that point. And it might, we might give you some herbs to help that along, but the point is that we're gonna use the treatments to build up your system to take care of the underlying problem so that that symptom goes away and that you don't need acupuncture anymore. So I'm really not a fan of any type of medicine that's gonna require you go in three times a week for the next six to eight months for the rest of your life, or, you know, or, or that kind of thing. Like, I, I'm not, I don't wanna speak badly about chiropractors, but I do think, unfortunately, it's gotten to a time when so many of them want to just charge your insurance as much as the insurance is willing to pay. And that doesn't work for me personally. And you, your acupuncturist shouldn't do that either. And, and just so you know, I go to an amazing chiropractor who treats me and then says, come back when you need more. Come back when you feel like you need it. That's what I'm looking for. I want my body to be able to do it by itself. Now, I will say this. If you've had the problem for like, you know, three years, you're probably going to need more than one treatment. And a general guideline that, that they used to say in school was for every year you've had the problem, you probably need a month of acupuncture. And that might be one or two times a week. So it might be like four times if you go once a week for one month for that one year of having the problem. So, and that's a general, it really just depends what the problem is and how long you've had it and, and your constitution. Are you a strong, healthy person? Are you an older, weaker person? You know, all of those things are definitely going to affect it. But no, you should not need acupuncture for the rest of your life, hopefully, depending on what the problem may be. Now, how would you pick your practitioner? And this is, this is definitely tough because this is a very interesting field, all right? And so the best way to find an acupuncturist is to get recommendations. Going to someone that your friend goes to and they're like, this person is amazing. Um, like I said, if you live in Austin, email me. I'll give you some great recommendations. But a recommendation is definitely the way to go. What's very important is that you always make sure that this practitioner has actual credentials. They need to be board certified. 
Yes, as an acupuncturist, we had to take boards. They were very serious boards. They were very difficult boards, all right? There's hundreds of points on the body. And there was a lot of herbs that we had to, to learn. Um, so the boards were very intense. You want to make sure that your practitioner is certified. Now, if you're really nervous, but you really want to try acupuncture, you might call the, the practitioner and see if they will do a consultation. Most of them will. Go in and meet the practitioner. See what they have to say about what's going on with you. Check out their office. You want to make sure that it's clean. This needs to be a sterile environment. I believe that all acupuncturists use disposable needles, but it's always a good, good question to ask. Are all your needles disposable? Back in the day, they used to sterilize needles. Kind of scary, right? But today, everybody, I'm pretty sure it's a lot. <laughs> I guess it depends on the state. Um, you want to make sure they use disposable needles. Ask them. See their treatment room. Does it look clean to you? Does this feel right to you? If you do not get a good feeling for whatever reason, because... I don't want to say that acupuncturists can be a little weird because I was an acupuncturist, <laughs> but I kind of feel like I was one of the more normal <laughs> during that time. That was a that was a long time ago, right? So what do we like, you know, like 17, 18 years ago when I went to school and I was the youngest person in my class as well. It wasn't as hip and normal as it is today. But if for whatever reason you go into that office and you're getting kind of a weird vibe from this practitioner, it just doesn't feel right for you. Do not get a treatment. Just say thank you. You want to think about it and, and use your gut. Always use your gut. Doesn't feel like the right practitioner? Let's find you someone else. So you definitely want to feel comfortable with whomever you're going to. And I have to say, on the other side of that, there's a ton of amazing acupuncturists these days that are very normal people that you will probably feel very good with. But I do really like to give people you know, that understanding that they have the right to go in, not feel comfortable, and you have the right to say this isn't good for you and that you should leave. You shouldn't go through with a treatment if you don't feel comfortable, all right? That's why that recommendation to me, that's the best way, if possible, to find an acupuncturist. Now, acupuncture has very few side effects, all right? So if you are someone who is struggling with something, and perhaps it is something that doctors aren't able to help you with. Like I would assume you've probably been to this doctor, that doctor, this doctor, and no one seems to be able to help you. That is a great time to go and get acupuncture. And that's actually why I went last week because I'm still dealing with some issues with some numbness and weakness in my thigh. And even though I know I have a labral tear in my hip, I'm not super convinced that that's what's causing this problem right now. And so I'm checking out some more doctors and I went to get acupuncture and I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I can get this to heal and, and to deal with it in whatever way is possible. So my gut is telling me that this is not from the labral hip tear. Now I could be wrong, but that's what my gut's telling me. So I went to get a treatment and it was an amazing treatment. I feel a little bit better this week, but I'm still gonna be seeing some other doctors, but I'm also going to be continuing with some acupuncture over the next month. But if you are someone who is dealing with something and it's not going away, or the doctor has no idea what it is, and you guys know what I'm talking about, I mean, I have so many friends and family where like you go to the doctor, no one really knows what it is. And that's so frustrating as a person, as a patient, because you just want to deal with it, but nobody really knows what it is. So they don't know how to deal with it. That's a great time to get acupuncture because an acupuncturist is going to look at this problem 
in a different way than your Western doctor. And don't get me wrong, Western medicine is absolutely amazing and it is a must in the world we live in. And thank God, because for emergency medicine, it is it is what you want. You know, if, if I have a heart attack, please don't go send me to an acupuncturist. <laughs> you, there still is a place for Western medicine in so many aspects, but there's also a place for Eastern medicine. And so I just encourage you to be open to it. There's many things that it might benefit you for. And sometimes you just don't feel like yourself. And maybe even that would be a reason to go in and give it a try and see if you can get some balancing throughout your chi, throughout your energy, and maybe that might help you as well. So I hope that answered a lot of questions that most people have about acupuncture. Again, I can't say enough amazing things about the medicine, and if nothing else, if it's been around for 4,000 years and it's still going, there's probably something to it. So I definitely recommend you give it a try. I hope you all have a fantastic week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast episode. And if you did, I would love it if you would give it a share on social media. I always post each episode on my Earn That Body Facebook page, also on Instagram. And make sure you follow me on all social media. I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, pretty much everything you can think of. I'm on it and I'd love to have you follow me. So have a great week, everyone. See you next time. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.